Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, we'll continue with our conversation about the defense and in particular talk all things Max Crosby as he was named the non-quarterback MVP but for the Raiders by Eric Edholm of NFL.com. So you'll hear part of the conversation I had with him on Monday on my radio show. That plus a whole lot more comes up on Tuesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for July 11th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Just your team Just every win. day. Just win. The autumn wind is a raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available. And of course, if you're checking us out on YouTube, we definitely appreciate you. And we appreciate my man Ari. He does a great job each and every day making sure we're up on YouTube, looking good, sounding good. The show has grown on YouTube in a major way. So again, hats off to you and hats off to my guy Ari. You can check Ari out on Twitter at Ari Produces. You can also hit me up on Twitter as well, at your boy Q254, and the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. Coming up in segment number three, as a matter of fact, we'll get to your calls and texts. A lot of good conversation there. Segment number two, you'll hear part of the conversation I had with Eric Edholm from NFL.com. He put out a list for the AFC and the NFC talking about all non-quarterback MVPs. We talked about this last week here on the show, and Max Crosby was the guy that was the non-quarterback MVP for the Silver and black so we'll talk about that you'll hear the conversation i had with eric when it just comes to the raiders we had a really good conversation on monday but it was like 20 at least 20 minutes long so i'm not going to play that whole thing for you that would take up segment number two and segment number three so here we'll just do uh the raiders conversation in segment number two and then segment number one news and notes as you know not a whole lot to get to but we'll go over a few things here in segment number one before we get to that conversation with Eric Edholm. Before we do any of that, though, I do want you to know that today's edition is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. They help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Also want to get to a text from Patrick. He hit us up on the Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. He said, what up, Q? Long-time listener, first-time texter. Wanted to ask you if you'd give my little brother a birthday shout-out for uh, July 12th. His name is Matt Garther, and we're both daily listeners. Happy birthday, little bro, bro, and Q. Thanks for all that you do. The nation appreciates you and your team. Again, that's from Patrick. So uh, shout-out to Patrick. Shout-out to MacArthur. Uh, thanks so much for chiming in. Thanks for being a long-time listener uh, for both of you guys, and thanks for chiming in. And definitely big shout-out to the happy birthday for my guy, MacArthur. And, again, thanks so much for making the Lockdown Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. Now, Want to get into some quick news and notes. Found out a little bit about upcoming training camp. As you know, the rookies report on the 20th, the veterans on the 25th, first day of practice on the 26th. It looks like, this is not set in stone, but it looks like we'll have some player access on the 25th as far as media availability. Also, the first few days of practice, it looks like we're going to get some media availability. And then the player's first off day should be the 30th. But again, it's not set in concrete, so uh, things are are likely to change. They could change. Uh, I'll let you know as we get closer and closer to those dates, but definitely something to pay attention to and something for me to look forward to for sure just having an opportunity to be at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center and uh, having that chance to to get to see these players up close to personal and talk to them about the upcoming season also 
today. I'll be at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ, talking to uh, some of the guys as far as the broadcast team goes, kind of putting our schedule together for the upcoming season, you know, what it looks like for the preseason, what it looks like for the regular season. It sounds like they're going to make some tweaks to the preseason broadcast. This is what I've been told. I don't know if it's going to be facts, and uh, they may have a bigger role for me this year as far, at least in preseason, for, uh, you know, some of the broadcasts. I'm not sure what that entails, but I'll find out a little bit later on today. So if it's something that's worth talking about, we'll definitely talk about it here on the show tomorrow. Uh, No news, no movement on the Josh Jacobs contract watch. Again, July 17th is the day that we're paying attention to. And as my guy T3 Raider Facts said many times and many shows for Rodney Hudson, hashtag pay Rodney Hudson, hashtag Josh Jacobs contract watch. (laughs) That's what we're on right now. So again, the closer it gets to the 17th, probably on the 17th itself is when anything's going to happen, if anything. But uh, until then, we'll continue to be on the watch about that. The final thing I have for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day is part of my conversation I had with Vic Tafer on the Raiders defense. Again, that's something I've been really focusing in on a lot. I'm going to continue to focus in on it a lot. Of course, talking about the offense is easy. I think it's going to be good. Obviously, it's going to depend on Jimmy G's health, but I do think that that'll be the strength of the team, and I really want to focus in on the defense, and I feel like I'm going to do a lot of that even in the regular season and seeing how much they can complement the offense. But Vic Tafer put out a piece uh, on The Athletic ranking the Raiders' defensive stability from the most stable to the least. And the way that he ranked it was the defensive line was the most stable, cornerback was next, safety, and then linebackers in that order from most stable to least stable. So uh, I talked about him, talked with him on Monday about that that subject, the Raiders' uh, defense and, you know, all of that. So I just want to bring a little bit of that conversation to the table here. And really this part starts off talking about the Raiders' rookie class, the guys that they drafted, the six guys that they drafted, kind of how patient the Raiders' coaching staff will be as far as rushing them onto the field or not rushing them on the field. So here's part of that conversation we had on Monday with Vic Tafer from The Athletic. Talking about the Raiders' defense and looking at the rookies, and we mentioned Tyree Wilson, Ja'Korian Bennett. There's Chris Smith as a safety. Uh, they got Byron Young as a defensive tackle. You know, they've got, they've got guys. They drafted six dudes on the defensive side of things. How patient do you think that the Raiders will be in their development and getting them out there on the field? I think it's going to be a mixed bag. Some guys will still take longer to develop, but some guys have to get out there. There's definitely these openings now. I think, you know, this, this regime of, you know, Ziegler and McDaniels, they're going to be judged on, on these draft picks. I mean, right. that's one of the knock on this team for, for the last, what, 10, 15 years? The draft picks have all been terrible. Mm-hmm. So this is really this, this regime's first kind of true class of guys they've researched and brought in and, and kind of swear by. So they, they want guys who are going to get impacted sooner than later. So these guys will have a chance to do that this year. Who do you think, if, if do you have anybody off the top of your head that you think will get the earliest action as far as the rookies go? Uh, I've got a weird feeling about Byron Young. I think Byron Young is a guy who I kind of slept on you know, the pre-draft process. But the more I've watched and I've heard about him and talked to people who know him and what the Raiders, I just think he's a guy who can play uh, up, up and down the line, inside, outside. I think he has some, some pass rush skills. He has some run defense skills. I think he has a good motor. I think he's a smart guy from my gather, a guy who's learned how to win in college. So I think he's a guy who I think will creep up and, and get some more time sooner than, than later. Again, we're talking with Vic Tay for his piece out in The Athletic right now, ranking the Raiders' defensive position groups from most to least stable. And Vic, that leads me to the linebacking position. And I got a buddy that goes by the name of Most Known Unknown. And I feel like this group, this line- No, it was amazing. Um, a couple. Yeah. Yes, those places that you don't ever want to leave, those are I feel like he gets kind of lost in the shuffle. I think until he goes 360, so... He can be a guy against the run. So there's definitely some interesting guys inside. We're going to try to help create some uh, 
some pressure along with the guys on the, on the outside. You know, you've been covering Max Crosby since he came into the league with the Raiders, and you've seen him grow and get better each and every year. Uh, he says that he wants to be the best, and he's keep continuing to work to get better. What do you see him, or how do you see him taking that next step? I think I knew Max back when he had no tattoos, if you can imagine that. When he first <laughs> That's wild. The league, and now he's got uh, 45,000. But, uh, no, nah, he's a guy. He'll tell you he's he's constantly working. He's kind of a maniac, never lets up. He's, he's already probably a, a top 30 player in the league. He wants to be better. He wants to be the best you know, defensive end in football. He's gotten better against the run. We all know what he can do against the pass. He's got, he's got the long arms. and just a guy who's a constantly a factor, trying to be a leader more and more. I think it was on his career, so... Just a guy who wants to build a defense around, a guy who deserves to, have, you know, to win some games here. You know, and I, I remember back when Khalil Mack won Defensive Player of the Year, and, of course, you were covering the Raiders then as well. I mean, he didn't have the most sacks in the league. He only had 11, but he had so many impactful plays that won games for the Raiders. I think that that's the next step for Max is to have more of those game-changing plays or game-winning plays at the end. Yeah, I agree. I think a part of that is getting guys who are better around him, getting guys inside who can help create some that push inside, kind of get the quarterback looking for help, and I just think, like, a clue how that, that way about it. I think, I think Max is the same kind of way. A guy to make other guys better. Just to make those other guys a little notch above than what they've had in the past. Hopefully, the guys we brought in last year and this year in the draft, those guys can be guys who can step up and help Max uh, get the job done. Again, we're talking with Vic Tafer from The Athletic here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Cornerbacks you had listed at number two. How much competition do you believe there will be in training camp when it gets started on the 26th when it comes to the cornerback position? There'll be a lot, really, because I had to pick a couple starters. I had no idea who to pick. I was like, <laughs> I went with Duke Shelley and, and Nate Hobbs, but uh, I have no idea if those guys are going to be the guys. I think it's wide open. I could probably bring a veteran guy in. We were talking with Pass about Marcus Peters, who I think is still – end up here, but I think they'll be a veteran in regardless if it's him or somebody else. But So veteran guy, those two guys I mentioned, you got the rookie, you Bennett, you got uh, Nick Robertson who played last year a little bit, Sam Webb, Tyler Hall. So a bunch of guys who have a chance to really kind of approve themselves in training camp. And definitely there's a spot to be won both on the roster and also in the starting lineup. So there you go. We had a much lengthier conversation than that, but thought that that was a nice little chunk of, of conversation talking about the Raiders' defense and some guys who can step up and the rookie class, you know, how, how quickly some of these guys might get onto the field, what the competition may look like at the cornerback position, uh, what Trayvon Merrick's going to have to do, and, of course, got to talk some Mad Max Crosby. And we'll continue to talk some Mad Max Crosby coming up in segment number two as you'll hear the conversation I had on Monday with Eric Edholm from NFL.com talking non quarterback MVPs and we talk all things Max Crosby and the Raiders we'll do that in segment number two after I tell you about bird dogs and bird dogs well they make you look good bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg giving you a truly sculpted look and who doesn't want to be sculpted right if if you've ever been called sculpted and I'll tell you right now I have not (laughs) but if you haven't been called sculpted that's got to be a pretty good feeling right bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as lululemon but they fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. The bird dogs, they fixed the issue by inventing cloud-knit fabric that just looks like khakis but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And I'll tell you right now, there's nothing worse than, and I guess for some people it's okay, uh, everyone's wears these uh, you know tight-fitting pants and tight-fitting shorts. I can't do it, man. If those things are too tight, I'm like, look, I don't call me what you want to call me old. I don't care. Maybe I'm not in style. I got to have a little bit of room to stretch. So why not have a little bit of both, right? Something that looks cool and 
It's able to stretch and give you a little bit of room so you can move around comfortably if you know what I mean. Right now, all you got to do is go to birddogs.com. Check out all the variety of different uh, options that they have. Make sure birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. You use that promo code. You're going to get a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. I promise you. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Just want to jump right into the conversation with Eric Edholm from NFL.com. I talked about his piece that he put out on .com, on NFL.com last week, talking about non-quarterback MVPs. He did it for the AFC and the NFC. And what he had to say about Max Crosby, he said there's absolutely a strong case to be made for either receiver Devontae Adams or running back Josh Jacobs in this spot. Josh Jacobs arguably was the Raiders' overall MVP last season when you consider just how much he did. And with Jimmy Garoppolo already coming in as an injury risk at quarterback, Jacobs figures to be plenty busy again. But Crosby is pretty special too, and the Raiders have more questions on the defensive side of ball. Again, he's not good enough to clean up everyone else's mistakes, but that won't stop him from trying. There aren't 10 players in the league who play with a hotter motor and arguably not that many who would make more of an impact on their defense. Chandler Jones fell off significantly last season, especially early on in 2023. First rounder Tyree Wilson might come in a bit behind given that he's not yet practiced while continuing to rehab from foot surgery. That puts an enormous burden on Crosby, but he's been up to the challenge almost since the day he stepped foot on the NFL field. That was the write-up there from Eric Edholm from NFL.com. So I got a chance to catch up with him on Monday on my radio show, Unnecessary Roughness, on Raider Nation Radio 920, talking all things Max Crosby and this Raiders defense. Eric, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Definitely appreciate you. And I, I noticed the piece that you have put out about uh, AFC non-quarterback MVPs, and you put out one for the NFC as well well but of course we're focusing in on the Raiders so I'm focusing on the AFC side of things before I get into the selection that you have for the Raiders is there going to be a chance that we actually get to see a non-quarterback MVP anytime soon since there hasn't been one since like 2012 yeah yeah I, I would love to see it well, that was Adrian Peterson if I recall yeah. right yep, yeah sure I mean, was obviously the, the league has gone in a direction where not only is passing you know the the the, the preferred method of travel but um you know, it's also the fact that, you know, that we're in kind of a star era here where I would say the quarterback talent is, you know, is as good as it's ever been. And we have enough, you know, big name quarterback star, star passers who who, who fit the bill. I, I do think there is a chance that, 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 that voters are open to a non-quarterback in the next couple of years. I don't know if it happens this season. I mean, last year, Justin Jefferson made a strong case, yeah. I think, with how he played. Not to take anything away from Kirk Cousins. I know he gets beaten up pl plenty by other people, but, you know, what he was able to do with, you know, kind of a fading Adam Thielen and, uh, you know, diminishing returns in other spots too and, and a defense that that wasn't stopping a lot of people was, was incredible. So, you know, is it, is it going to happen in the next two or three years guaranteed? Probably not, but uh, I think there's a good chance, especially – if there is that one kind of transcendent season by a receiver or a running back, I think that's the most likely. 
you know, even Travis Kelsey made a strong case last year. The problem is he plays with Mahomes, so right. you're going to run into these situations <laughs> so often, I think. Yeah, no, that's a big problem for anyone who plays with Mahomes because Mahomes is still Mahomes. <laughs> so he's right. he's going to get all that attention. And to take it a step further, how about a defensive player as the MVP? Even though there's plenty that I think are worthy of that position, the chances are just so unlikely that somebody gets that. It would take a special statistical season, you know, one. And, and if there's a guy who can do it, no, you know, no uh, offense to, to Aaron Donald. I think he probably need to break the sack record to do it. I mean, you know what I mean? Just because yeah. I think it's Micah Parsons. If there's a guy playing right now, because mm-hmm. maybe TJ Watt, but you know, you'd have to have somebody have three interceptions, double digit sacks, you know, an absurd number of, 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 Force fumbles or recoveries, probably multiple touchdowns scored. It just takes, you know, or or just big, big moments in crucial games, you know, a, a safety in the fourth quarter against the Eagles, what have you. I mean, the, those are the kind of, you know, it's got to be a big team that people watch and know the player. And not to say that, that the people voting on the award aren't aren't tuned into the the, you know, the the lesser known names on a national scale, but just the fact that it becomes a popularity contest right. and it becomes, you know, it ends up being a quarterback contest, but yeah, I think Parsons has a chance. I do worry that they'll be using him in such a way that, you know, makes maybe takes him out of a position to make some plays, but yeah, I'm with you. I think it's going to be an extreme long shot for the most part, you know, and as far as even defensive player of the year, I always say that, yeah, I mean, they can have all the stats. They can have a big monster season where everyone's talking about them, but ultimately their team has to win as well. Just like Nick Bosa did with the 49ers. So that's another area of it. Like winning does matter in this, in this conversation. I think it does. And I think it probably takes kind of a watered down year at quarterback or, or mm-hmm. injuries, you know, like if Mahomes were to miss three or four games and Justin Herbert missed a spell and, you know, name any other big name, Bur- Burrow obviously has been, uh, you know, pretty healthy other than the ACL. But I mean, you know, it, it would probably take injuries to two or two or three of the top candidates and, or, star players not having great seasons at the quarterback position, but I think you're right. Winning is, is going to, going to factor in as well. And you know, what helps Parsons too, is that he plays for the Dallas Cowboys. Right. I mean, like, you know, yep. they're just a, they're a brand. And I think, you know, the, the, it, the stars really do have to line up. And, and I think you're right. The, the team element can't be ignored. Talking all things, non quarterback MVPs right now <laughs> with Eric Edholm from NFL.com. So getting down to the Raiders and getting down to the selection that you had, and you had a couple different options, but you ultimately went with Max Crosby. And I don't think anyone in Raider nation would have any complaint about that. Max is fantastic, but how amazing has his journey been from a fourth round pick from a guy that was told he just needs to get into the weight room and maybe he'll have a, a role on the team to being the yeah. face of the franchise as he is right now. Yeah, yeah. Let me unpack a few things about this. First of all, just the, the the assignment in general. I'd like to to thank all my readers out there because this is the first sort of big all encompassing story story I've written where you know I kind of go through all thirty two teams mm-hmm. and you know pick you know listicles we call them whatever. But I think it's the first one where I haven't gotten an onslaught of complaints. So <laughs> my goodness, I don't know what's that's happening. That's a win, Eric. That's a win. <laughs> That's a, that's a, that's a huge W. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's the summer breeze, people enjoying happy hours more often. I don't know, but, uh, you're right. I did, I did consider guys like Josh Jacobs considering the outsized role he played last year or Devonte Adams and what he means to, to the team. I mean, there are other good candidates, but 
you know, back to your Crosby question. Yes, it's been remarkable. I watched him in college and thought, yeah, this will be a fun pass rush specialist. You know, mm-hmm. this will be a guy that you bring in as your your energy guy, your third down rusher. You know, he'll, he'll set a tone in the room. But did I have any expectations he could ever be more than an eight sack guy in the NFL or, you know, or anything more than a above average starter? I don't think so. Not I mean, again, what the NFL scouts do and what I do are very different things in some cases. But, uh, you know, I, I saw enough of them. You, you don't find too many bigger Mac fans than, than I. I'm a Midwest guy anyway. Nice. But I just didn't. I don't know. I didn't think he'd be that good. And his football instincts are so underrated, too. I mean, I think we kind of saw him as this sort of a bull in a china shop early on. Like, here's this guy just rushing with his hair on fire. And, you know, but he that's not really it. I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I see a guy who has incredible reaction skills and and takes great angles to the ball and somehow seems to get faster the closer he gets to the quarterback. Yeah, his, yeah. his closing speed is really like, other than, you know, Nick Bosa and one or two others, I can't think of guys who, who finish the way he does. So he's special, and I hope Raiders fans enjoy him because he's, he's, he's been terrific whether there's been someone great opposite him or not. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right about that. Again, Eric Edholm from NFL.com is our guest here talking all things non-quarterback MVPs for the AFC, and we're talking about Max Crosby, and I've been talking a lot about him lately, and what's next? Because he is one of those guys that's told me many times, I continue to grind, I continue to work every single offseason, I want to continue to better myself. I've seen him get better at the rush, you know, stopping the rush. I've seen him get better at, yeah. at getting to the quarterback. Like, he continues to add new tools to his tool belt. So, Eric, I ask you, what do you think Max needs to do best, better to not necessarily be the MVP of the league, but maybe be in the running for the defensive player MVP? Yeah, no, that's a, it's a great question. Obviously, you've seen a guy who's played, what, every game since he's been in the NFL. Yep. Um, you know, I know he had a couple, I think he had a couple seasons there where he didn't force fumbles, but last year I, I think he had a, a slew of them. Mm-hmm. His rookie year, he had some as well. So there aren't too many holes in his game. I think you're right to mention the run defense part, you know, just string plays out, you know, even taking stalemates to let other t- people kind of clean up the plays, even if the, you know, the Raiders linebackers have been a, a kind of a mixed bag. I mean, he knows on some level, he's got to play his role. I remember a conversation I had with J.J. Watt years ago. It was a great talk about, and I basically asked him a very similar question, basically saying he was just coming into his own as a, as a, as a terrific defender. And I said, how do, you, how do you add tools to your toolbox? You've already got so many, right? And he basically said, I make a list of every negative play that I had. Anything the coaches would grade as, a zero or a negative, you know, mm-hmm. from the season before and just watch them until I get ill, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the exact phrase, but yeah. that was basically it. And I think, I think they're wired the same way. And I think that's probably going to be the biggest thing, stuff that may, we may miss on, on, on tape. He's going to say, you know what? I got lucky there or I made the play, but it, I, I missed an assignment or I didn't have the right leverage on that play. And, you know, I could do that better. And I mean, I suppose he could get a little stronger, a, a little thicker, 
Um, but so far, I mean, his career has been just off the charts, I think. Yeah, no, it really has. And again, I'm excited what he can do this upcoming year. I know, uh, you know, he sat down, he's done some film study. He's talked about, you know, having more goals for this upcoming season. So I'm excited just to see what those type of goals are and, and how he plays this upcoming year. And Eric, the one thing I've always stressed is he does this and has really no help. Right. I mean, the, yeah, I the Raiders went out and they made an effort this offseason. They drafted six guys on defense. They added guys in free agency. Maybe Chandler Jones steps up and plays a little bit better than he did in 2022. But their number seven overall pick was Tyree Wilson, who's a guy who's supposed to be able to help out as well. If he gets some help, interior, linebacker, secondary, it all goes together. How, 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 how big of a season could he potentially have with help? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. Then, then, you know, you can start asking him to do a little bit more occasionally drop in coverage or, you know, just sort of have different looks. If you have that surrounding cast and, and you're right. I mean, Chandler Jones was a disappointment last year. I think he, you know, it's hard to know that there'll be some career revival, but we've seen it. Robert Quinn is a good example of a guy who was, you know, almost cut by the bears the next year. He has 18 sacks, so it can happen. Right. But you're absolutely right about the fact that, you know, even though they've, previously added players to that defensive front they haven't had the impact that's needed and and wilson's obviously a big one and you know he uh, scouts were all over him before last season that he clearly had an nfl body you could see the upside you know ripping through double teams and, and just seeing the the flash plays that made you just you know your your jaw drop but obviously the injury and the fact that you know he hasn't sort of played a lot of football in the last six, eight months may hold him back initially. Don't judge him based on what you see early on. It could be the kind of deal where, you know, he's playing a, a small role early and kind of getting his feet underneath him and, and getting his conditioning back and things like that. But eventually I think he's going to be a monster. I really liked him when I watched him. There's, there's still some refinement to his game that's needed, but you know, and we'll see with, with some of the other additions and, you know, I, I understand why they, they took a flyer on a guy like Jerry Tillery and, you know, and I, and Bilal Nichols is somebody who, who flashed a little bit in Chicago. And, you know, I mean, there's, you know, there are a few other guys that, that, that kind of fit the, the work like role that, you know, that for instance, with Josh McDaniels saw in new England a lot, a lot of guys playing those 15 to 20 snap type roles, but yeah, I mean, it's it's really going to come down to Wilson and Jones and how that edge pressure kind of, you know, sets the tone a little bit. Right. Well, I'll tell you, the Raiders defense goes as Max Crosby goes. <laughs> right? I mean, it's just... I think so. <laughs> I think you're right, man. It doesn't I mean, take it's a genius. Like they don't have good players, but right. it clearly makes the biggest difference. So there it was right there. Hopefully you enjoyed that conversation. It kind of put a bow on the conversation we were having on Monday's show. So I thought it was really important to bring that to the table. And again, uh, you, could, you hear me continue to talk about Defensive Player of the Year. I really do believe that Max Crosby needs to be in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year for the Raiders in 2023. That's how he takes the next step. And I know that that's an individual award, but if you're really realistically in that conversation, as I mentioned to Eric, winning matters. Winning is part of that formula. So if the team is winning, Max Crosby will be in that conversation if he's having a season like I expect him to have. So that's part of it. Uh, of course, getting a very high sack number is part of it as well. Doesn't necessarily mean you have to lead the league in sacks. There's been other uh, incidents, incidences where uh, guys didn't lead the league in sacks and they still won the Defensive Player of the Year. I referenced uh, Khalil Mack and I actually said he had 15 sacks when he won and he didn't. He had 11, but he had a lot of game-changing plays and he had 10 sacks in two months. 
in the first month of the season, he only had one. Then he had two in the final two months of the season and a lot of game-changing plays or a lot of game-winning plays. That's the kind of action that you need to see from Khalil, or from uh, Max Crosby, similar to Khalil Mack, if he's going to be in the running for Defensive Player of the Year. But that's all I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raiders podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. We'll get to that right after I tell you about the title sponsor, which is LinkedIn Jobs. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You don't want to be 100% certain. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. And the thing about it is you never know when you're going to have a job opening. You never know when you're going to need to hire somebody. So when you do... What are you going to do? You need to have LinkedIn jobs. All you need to do is post your job for free on LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. Trust me. And when I say it is very hard to hire the right person, it's so difficult. You think you got the right person until you don't. So it's very hard to do it. You've got to do it. LinkedIn Jobs is going to help you do it. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires for its leading competitors. Again, LinkedIn LinkedIn Jobs helps you find that qualified candidate you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation, segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. We're going to close things out with your calls and texts. We that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with Nathan Glass calling from Cali. He's calling to talk about Josh Jacobs and why the Raiders really need to make sure that they have him in the mix, why he's so valuable to the team. Here he is, Nathan Glass from Cali. AQ, Nathan Glass from California. About Josh Jacobs, you're not going to beat the elite teams in this league. The elite teams in the AFC, the elite teams in the NFC, but mainly the AFC to get to the Super Bowl. You're not going to beat the elite teams in the AFC without a running game. You're not going to go into Buffalo, Cincinnati, or Kansas City. Three degrees, snow, wind, just bitter cold, and then you're just about to just Oh, we're just gonna light up the scoreboard and just pass happy. No, nah, that ain't about to happen. That ain't about to happen. That ain't about to happen. You know that you. That ain't about to happen. You know. So I'm not saying that you can't get the job. Some quarterbacks can't get the job done, but you got to be all-star, elite-level quarterback to get the job done in in crazy elements. You know what I'm saying? Especially that that bitter cold. So that's one aspect of why running backs is important. Also, picking up the blitz. Picking up the blitz is vital of keeping your quarterback upright and healthy. Picking up the blitz. And also, I want to say Josh Jacobs, he was one of the best running backs in the league on first and 10, getting uh, with uh, yardage. And if you run Josh Jacobs first and second down, Josh Jacobs will get you 33, 34, 32 situations. And that opens up the entire playbook. So with that being said, I'm just looking at, you know, quarterbacks who want to pass first, pass on second down and, you know, whatever. If, if, if you get one, if you get one completion, let's say you get, all right, let's say you get a three yard completion, whatever, third and a second and seven. Or let's say you ran first down and you pass second down, whatever. So now you're third and seven. Half your playbook is not even available. 
So I'm looking at if the entire playbook is available when you have a premier running back like Josh Jacobs, 1,500-yard guy, who can get you in third and twos, third and threes. That's what you want. That's what you want. And that's what you need with somebody from Jimmy Garoppolo. You need to make the game as simple and easy for him as possible so he can stay upright and stay healthy. So that's all I got for now, Q. Talk to you soon. Big Nate, thanks for the call. Appreciate you. And I agree with you 100% about Jacobs and the running back position. The only problem is the league has determined that you don't need an elite running back to get it done. The league has said a running back from the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounds, they're good enough. Not quite Jacobs, but they can get the job done. And you can have multiples of them, not pay them so much, and still end up being basically the same guy. And when you go back and look at the Super Bowls and the recent winners, none of them have had an elite running back. And that's the problem that Jacobs is facing. That's the problem that the Raiders are facing because they know what he means to the team, but they also don't want to just go ahead and, and pour a bunch of money into him, knowing what, they, what everyone says about the running back position and the stats that back it up about running backs kind of falling off. So that's the, that's the middle the middle ground that's tough, right? Everyone, I think, is rooting for Josh Jacobs to get that contract extension, get what he wants and he deserves. But at the end of the day, everyone knows it's all a business, and smart business isn't really dishing out a ton of money for the running back position. So they've got to find a middle even. So thanks so much for that call, my man. It's always great to hear from you, as you know. Up next, got a text from MJ in Tucson, a very lengthy text from MJ. He says, hey, Q, been a Raider fan since 75. I want to see them back in contention for titles. But I believe they made a big mistake hiring Josh McDaniels. I know the thesis to the hiring was that he's an offensive genius and he's learned from past failures. With that, I don't think he's a man to lead this organization. I hope I'm wrong, but here's some information. Putting aside his abysmal head coaching record of 17-28, and let's look at his track record without Tom Brady and or Bill Belichick. If you scratch beneath the surface a little, the data does not look good for him. McDaniels has seven years without Brady. Here's his offensive rankings, points per game. 2008 with New England, Matt Castle, fifth. 2009, Denver, 20th. 2010, Denver, 19th. 11, St. Louis, 32nd. 20, New England, 27th. 2021, New England, 6th. 2022, the Raiders, 12th. Average, 17 out of 32 teams, slightly below average. Without both Brady and Belichick, his offense are ranked 21st. Not very good. Coaching with both Brady and Belichick is a huge uh, advantage for any coach. We know football is complimentary, so having a great defense led by the greatest defensive mind helps the offense lead by, led by the best quarterback mind, and vice versa. I'm not saying McDaniels deserves zero credit for success he had in New England. I do think he understands the game, can put together a solid game plan, and has a good playbook. He's just overrated and unproven once you take him away from two of the greatest minds in the game. Lastly, he says that he learned how to treat players after his failed stint in Denver. I can only comment on what players say, usually after they leave. I was okay with moving on from Carr, but after nine years of giving everything he had to the organization, Carr deserved to go out on his terms. He wanted to play those last two games at home, and McDaniels took that away from him. Again, I think a fresh start at quarterback is good, but let the man play it out. He earned that. McDaniels has a lot to earn, uh, learn and prove. As a Raider fan, I hope he turns things around, but I can't help but be skeptical. Thanks for all you do, Q. Keep it the great work. That's MJ in Tucson. Thanks for the text, my man. Very lengthy text. A lot of good research that you did there. And again, I think it boils down to what I've been saying for the longest about head coach Josh McDaniels. He's got a lot to prove. He really does. Like We can go back and we can dig deep into the weeds like you did right there with all the stats. I think he's a really good coach. I don't know if he's a really good head coach. Only time will tell. None of us know if he's a really good head coach. I think he's a really good offensive coordinator, and that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be a good head coach. As far as uh, Derek Carr deserving this, that, and the other, I don't really get into all that just because, look, I mean, the guy played nine years for the team. Uh, he, he earns a, a nice paycheck. 
right? I mean, that, that's, what he, that's what he deserved was the money that he got and then probably some as well. Uh, I thought he was a hell of a guy for the organization. But ultimately, they made the decision to sit him down. And they wanted to see what Jared Stidham looked like. And I think I wanted to see what Jared Stidham looked like too, right? Unfortunately, I thought Jared Stidham was going to be around with the organization for a long time, and he didn't. Denver swept him up. But how would you have gotten an opportunity to see him without letting him play? So I, I didn't have any problem with them sitting him down. I know that it wasn't the, the breakup that – that uh, Carr wanted, or, or probably a lot of Raider Nation, but I just didn't have a, a big d- problem with it, again, because, well, I was kind of interested to see what Jared Stidham looked like those final two games that I know it didn't mean anything, but it was still interesting to see. So thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. And it was a lengthy one, so i got time for about one more call. We'll take it from ABA Ivan Davis. He's calling to talk about Mad Max Crosby and what he wants to see from Max and what the other players need to do as well. Here he is, ABA Ivan Davis. What's up, Q? This is Ivan Davis. A, AKA ABA Ivan Davis. Uh, we're just calling in regarding Matt Max summarizing his uh, talent. I agree with uh, my man, number 41, ex for the I don't know why he, he switched my mind because you know, he's one of my favorite players. But I agree with him uh, as far as the defense needs to follow Max. Crosby, if he's sprinting to easy drill, then man, they need to be trying to beat him to those drills. Not getting there when he gets there. They need to make, no, I want to go first. Those are the type of leaders that they need to improve their defense right now. Because as far as I'm concerned, it's the defense that got car traded. Okay, I don't care what you say about his numbers. Six times last year, we had to leave in the, in the fourth quarter. I don't care if it's two to nothing. Your job as a defense is to close that game, irregardless. Okay. And so uh, defense has got to improve, and clearly that was the case in the draft and everything they've done to revamp that defense. They need to follow Max Crosby. Okay. And uh, in every aspect of what they do, they need to beat him to the weight room. They need to beat him doing everything. But that's what Hall of Famers do. Okay. Average players don't do that. Okay. Hall of Famers do that. Okay, Hall of Famers think like Max Crosby. And so you need a bunch of Hall of Famers. At least thinking that way doesn't mean you're going to get there, but you got to think that way. you got to at least try. Okay, because that's the only way we're going to improve, to get out of that middle ground that you keep talking about where we're stuck at. It starts with the defense raising their game and then the offense coming with them. And that's how you get out of the middle ground. I mean, there's no other way because you're stuck in mud. Okay, middle ground, just replace that with middle ground with mud. You're stuck in mud, okay? And the only way to get out of mud is effort and determination. Anyway, uh, that's why the ABA don't want me to go back to football. They talk about promoting me every time they hear me talk like this. <laughs> but anyway, uh, check with you later. Go Raiders. ABA Ivan Davis, thanks for the call, my man. Appreciate you as always. And, yeah, I mean, I, I do think the key to this season will be the defense. And Max Crosby is, is my reason for optimism. Uh, I, I talked about optimism earlier in the team and what Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Focus put out, that the offense should be the reason of optimism when it comes to the Raiders. But I think Max Crosby, his leadership, uh, the what, the fact that he wants to be great, I think that his personality and his work ethic is, is, is infectious, where other people around him are going to want to do like he does. And they're going to want to, you know, not let him down. And if he's hustling from one station to the other, he's going to do that. And I'll tell you this. I know what Fu had to say about the other guys not running to station to station during practice and the drills. From what I saw, they were. 
That's that's what I, I saw. But Max was just leading the charge, which is what he's going to do. So I think that that is going to rub off on these players, and they're going to see, well, if the best guy on defense is doing it, then damn it, I better be doing it too, especially the young guys. So I think that that's going to go a long way. So my reasoning for uh, optimism for this Raiders team is Max Crosby. I think that they kind of go as he goes, especially on defense, and I think he's really going to make a focus and make a point of that defense complementing the Raiders' offense this year in 2023. So that's all I got for you. Thanks so much for that call. I really appreciate you. Got a text from Mike in Vegas, Raider Eddie in Denver with a call. Got a text from Brandon. We'll get to all that on tomorrow's show. We'll have more news and notes of the day, and of course, we'll have plenty of conversation here as well on the Locked On Raiders podcast. So until then, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.